Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all not clapping on that one. I thought y'all be going. Isn't that why we're here? God, he makes me want to run through a wall. I thought for a minute I could give up a piece of bread after he spoke, but I don't know. He gets me, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, he gets me so jacked up I can't even see straight. But that is a true story, and that is what happens in the name of Jesus, and that is why you're here today. Because at the name of Jesus, anything can happen. See, at the name of Jesus, that's all right. It's good to get excited. We're at Summit. Y'all eat a lot of sugar in there. I know I only got 20 minutes because then all of a sudden that sugar drops and y'all going to be dead as a doorknob. So I've got to go while I got to strike while it's hot. Listen, at the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name because he was raised from the dead, there's no other name. There's a word for resurrection a word for risen, it means to arouse. When we say that Jesus Christ is risen, we mean that in his name, he can arouse anything within us. Dead relationships, dead situations, dead finances, dead singleness, dead future, dead hope, dead faith, dead love. He can arouse because he is risen. But then there's another word that we attribute to the name of Jesus and it goes like this in the gospel of John chapter 11 when Jesus was addressing the family of the dead man Lazarus and he looks at one of his sisters and he says I am the resurrection and the life the word resurrection means to stand again. Anastasius. Anastasius. It means to stand again. Where there is death in the name of Jesus, there can be. Mm-hmm. Stand again. Jesus is asking us to stand again. To stand up where we are. To stand up for who he is. To stand strong in our faith. To stand again in the name of Jesus Christ. Because where he is, there's nothing that can be brought back. There's nothing that he can't bring back. Nothing too far gone that he cannot bring back from the dead. My brother, I got to see him yesterday and he is teaching uh he'll be teaching i believe at chapel hill uh and he's a he's a very successful criminal lawyer he is teaching lawyers in north and south carolina on the death penalty and and those types of legal issues he's very successful and they uh, he was talking about, he, he, con- he constantly tells people, man, bless you, bless you. Because you see, he believes that Jesus can make anybody stand again. And one of the guys looked at him and said, James, we just got out of a seminar and, and uh, they've just given us protocol and there are words that we cannot use and we cannot use the word bless you. And what's great about it is because even though man says you can't, God says Well, anyway, you get the picture. Luke chapter 24. Let's turn there because I want to hit some stuff today that I feel that is powerful. I'm indebted to the Holy Spirit through Nancy Castilla because Nancy helped put a prayer journey with some wonderful students here on Monday. She wrote some literature, and I said, Nancy, that's so good. i got to preach that. So here you go. So it's really Nancy preaching, and I'm just kind of just up here as a puppet, but the Lord is going to use this. So Luke 24, the Lord kind of laid on my heart this. In verse 1, we get to see resurrection day on the, on the first day of the week, which is Shabbat, which is uh, the Sabbath was on a Saturday. The first day of the week was a Sunday. That's why you, some people have uh, um, a sunrise uh, worship gatherings because it was in the morning that they went to the tomb and Jesus was not there. Verse 1, on the first day of the week, that is Sunday, very early in the morning. That's why you have you know, sunrise services. They came to the tomb bringing the spices 
they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. And then one of the greatest questions that I love in this resurrection narrative, I love this question. And, and, the, and the angel said, said to her and said to them, why do you look for the living among the what, saints? Let me just break it down. Why are some people looking for life in a dead relationship? Mm -hmm. uh, why are some people looking for life in dead things? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And that question has just encapsulated my spirit for years. And it's like, John, why do you look to dead things to give you life? Come on, somebody. Because there's nothing that's going to give you life like Jesus. He's the only one that can make you stand again. There's not enough people and relationships that I can get in and out, enough career, move up, enough finances that's going to bring. I've never seen anybody on their deathbed, never. I've never, and I've been around some wealthy people, and I've never seen anybody on their deathbed asking for another dollar. All I see is terror and fear. And all the people that say, I'm not afraid to die, oh, they are. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And so the Lord reminded me, John, there's only one who can take death and make it life. There's only one who can make you stand again. And that's why Robbie sang two songs about this nothing but Jesus and the resurrection and stand again because it is Jesus Christ that can make us stand again. It is only Jesus that can eradicate everything. It is only in the name of Jesus that everything will bow. And that means everything that is against his church and his body and his believers, oh, there will be a day that will bow. Though Christians might put their necks here, there will be a day when they put their necks there. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Father, I just pray that I don't come with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I pray, Lord, that I don't come with any... Um, I, I do pray, like Robbie said, I, that we decrease. We, I decrease so that you might increase. In other words, less of me, more of your Spirit, so that people will see Jesus Christ who's the image of the invisible God, that today that people would receive hope and faith and love and salvation and transformation because the presence of God is alive and well and there's nothing too dead that you can't resurrect. Not even a dead body in a tomb. There's nothing too strong. The roll, the, the stone, what I love, it wasn't just rolled away from the outside, but the power that was on the inside. And that's what happens, Lord, when you move in us. When the Spirit of God moves in us, then these dead stones that are against us fall down at the name of Jesus. So God, you have your will and way. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me every, ooh, you know I got many, but boy, your grace is so good. And so I love you, Lord. And I worship you, and we worship you, and we just say, do whatever you want. In the matchless name of the name above every name, at the name of Jesus Christ, we all said, what, saints? Okay, so because we can stand again, because of the, we can stand again, we can be courageous. And that's why there's some crosses over here, because I just want to use some of the things that were in the journey, some of the things that we kind of walked through, some of the ideas that we looked at. And I just want you to see just some of these crosses today that you can see as symbols of what we can walk through because of the resurrection we can be courageous over the injustice that's going to happen around us and maybe the injustice that happens to you think about what jesus did whenever there was injustice these ideas of feeling alone listen think about this it's like nancy even wrote down she said uh, think about the miracles and the healings and the feedings and all the disciples when it came to him being put on the cross he was all alone because Jesus can stand again, there is no emotion of loneliness 
or no discredit of injustice that can cause us to stop and cave in when Jesus can resurrect anything from the dead. Listen to what I'm saying. Matthew chapter 27. Let's turn there, somebody. If you got your phones, go ahead with your bad self. If you got a big old fat daddy iPad, hey, tithe more. I'm just kidding. That's a joke, all right? That's a joke. We don't even talk about tithing. I get, they get on me all the time about it. That's because you can tithe bread at Summit. All right, here we go. Just work with me, family. Work with me. That's why we had nothing but bread outside, because Jesus is the bread of life, and bread turns to sugar, and sugar is good. I told you, all of you paleo people need to get on paleo, and you'll be happy. All right, in the name of Jesus. Walking around all sad with your head all down and angry all the time. Hey, how you doing? No, I'm all right. How are you doing? My veins are popping out and I have 0% body fat. Well, why don't you have a biscuit, buddy? You'll be all right. I don't have abs. I got traps. Here we go. All right. That was for Hanan. Who said, Michael, I love you. By the way, I just want to say, uh, Heather, happy birthday, uh, by the way, to you. This is uh, Michael Brown. Um, uh, y'all remember Michael and Heather, some of y'all in this room. Uh, yeah, Michael was our worship leader. Robbie, you, love, uh, you know him. And Michael is a, he's like a superstar in Virginia, man. He's like his big radio personality. He's all over the place. And, but I know Michael way back, man. I know Michael way back. You and Heather. Mm-hmm. Y'all so happy now with all them little baby kids. All right, here we go. All right. Tied bread, brother. All right, here we go. Verse 11. Now, Jesus stood before the governor. Are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus answered, you have said it. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he didn't answer. Then Pilate said to him, don't you hear how much they are testifying against you? But he didn't answer him on even one charge so that the governor was greatly amazed. Here's what's interesting about Jesus Christ. In the face of injustice, he said nothing. I want you to think about that when injustice happened against us, we immediately think, or when somebody does something wrong to us, or we think God is far from us, that the power of God has gone. We think at this moment that the power of God is gone. That here Jesus is this poor little victim of nothing, standing against the authority of Israel and the authority of Rome but I want to remind you today that not even the authority of Rome could get my king to answer because he only answers on his time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you didn't get that okay so I'll just go ahead and reiterate it again imagine as, as Nancy said standing for a pilot the power of Rome weakness stands before strength yet in all of Pilate's power he has no control He cannot make Jesus confess. When injustice happens around us, here's the good news. Though you might feel powerless, our God is not. And if you'll continue to stand on the name of Jesus Christ, regardless of what happens, I want to tell you something, saints. Regardless of the injustice, if you believe that death is final, then you better get it all now. But if death is not final, you will get it all then. And when you get it all then, you'll realize that trading for something now doesn't even compare to what it's going to be worth then. Because you see, you can be a big fish in a small pond, but when you're with the king of the universe, well, that's a pretty big pond, somebody. Think about it. Pilate couldn't even quiet the crowd. He couldn't even get them and all the authority of Rome. Crucify him, crucify him. He couldn't even get the crowds to shut up. But Jesus could speak one word and the mountains are removed. Do you realize it just takes one, as Tommy Tenney would say, this is old school preaching now, old school. When Tommy Tenney would say, all it takes is a nod from God. Let me break it down for you in Bible world. In Bible world it says, like the priestly prayer with Aaron, let your face shine upon us. All you need is a nod from God. You don't even need a word. All you need is his face. 
And see, his face isn't turned away from us because of Jesus Christ. He can make anything stand again. I am telling you today, anything can stand again because of the name of Jesus Christ. Look at verses 24 through 26. Let's break it down a little further. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, the crowds were yelling, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate, in all his power, he's getting nowhere. He's a puppet people he's a puppet sometimes the people that are over us let's just tell the truth shame the devil that aren't following jesus christ sometimes they ain't nothing but puppets and why you want to get in a relationship with somebody following jesus and be their puppet well that's a whole nother story for another day valentine But that a riot was starting instead, he took some water, washed his hands in front of the crowd and said, I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. I love the way this pilot in his all authority, he gets to make, it's like me saying, oh, I'm smart. What? There's the called test for that people that I fail. I love when people can self-qualify themselves. Oh, I'm nice looking. Have you looked in the mirror? That's like me saying, oh, I match. Don't judge me. I wear the same thing every week, people, and I love it. I, just be thankful I wash it. All right, so anyway, verse 25. And all, all the people answered, his blood be on us and our children. Mm, that's a big statement, mm, and it was. Then he released, but God in his grace says, no, I'm not going to do that. Then he released Barabbas to them. But after having Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified he could not even stop the people Pilate couldn't even stop the crowd listen because of the resurrection because of the resurrection we can be courage in the face of loneliness and injustice we can be courage in the face of loneliness and justice oh but there's another cross and some of y'all are thinking John you better speed it up because the sugar's starting to die that's all right we'll, we'll get right with the Lord Okay, it's not level, but don't worry about all you people that are perfectionists. All right, so, because, because of the resurrection, we can be courageous over our sins and burdens. Check out 1 John 3, 8. 1 John 3, 8 says this. You don't have to turn there, it'll be up here. 1 John 3, 8 says this. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Guess what? When we're saved, even when we're sinned, my sin does not define me. Why? Because I get nothing but... That's right, I get nothing. Well, you probably can't read that, but it's mercy. It's kind of cursive. They don't even, we don't even do that anymore, I guess. But Because of mercy. My sins don't define me. And so I walk around and I see believers and I'm like, oh, you know, I just sin and I just can't get past the sin. I can't get past the sin. I want to go, well, God can. But I just can't get past, well, God can. I, I just can't stop. Well, God can stop it. I mean, listen, it takes years. It's not going to be easy being a Christian. It takes years. And for some of us in here, when you get saved, you're radically broken. I just want to tell you, gluttony is good. Okay, I'm still struggling, and I've been at this thing for a while, and it's not because God is not strong, it's because John is pretty weak. But guess what? It's mercy, mercy, mercy. Because of the resurrection, I can stand again no matter what I've done. There, listen, when God puts a marriage together, there's not a devil in hell or sin in the heart that can stop what God wants to do. And I believe that, and I'll die on it. God can do it. Because Isaiah 53, verse 5, you'll see it up here, in verse 10. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds or stripes, we're healed. My iniquities, 
My saying, I'm going to send God whether you like it or not. God says, that's fine. I'm not going to put it on you, John. I'm going to put it all on Jesus. And what you're going to get is you're going to get mercy, John. See, the resurrection can give us courage over the sins and the burdens that we feel even after we sin. It's like, oh, this burden and this burden. And listen, God is saying it's not just, it's not just covered, it's washed away. Isaiah 53.10 says, Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, remember I, I used this illustration back. Michael, the Lord gave me this vision, of, uh, I shouldn't say vision, but this idea of, of a mannequin. And I was like looking online trying to buy mannequins, but when it got up to a couple hundred dollars, I was like, okay, next. And so uh, then I thought, maybe I can just get a little doll, but then I thought, no, I'll make kids cry, and then it'll look really bad. So, but I had this big 45-pound plate, and I wanted to take this 45, well, I actually wanted to get 100 pounds, but I didn't want to hurt my back, you know what I'm saying, but uh, that's another story. And so I, I beat the 45-pound plate, and I wanted to smash the mannequin, because that's exactly what God did. See, sins are not only against us, but they crush us. And so people are walking around trying to fix their own sin, but only God can do that. Only he can do that. Only he can be the offering for sin. Sin weighs us down, but grace lifts us up. James 4, verse 6. James 4, verse 6 says, but he, God, gives us more grace. That's why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives what, saints? To the humble. Humble means to get low to the ground. So you just bow before the Lord and he'll lift you up. We don't have to walk around proud. We don't walk around because we got a degree or made an A on a test or got a raise or got a look or got a job or got this person that loves me or got this athletic ability or whatever else. Hey, listen, all that stuff, if you want to live on that, God says, guess what? I'm against you. But if you'll humble yourself in front of the Lord in due time, he will exalt you. Scripture says, or he gives grace to the humble. One of my professors in seminary said it's like this. It's like the wind under a kite. Grace is the wind under the kite that causes you to lift. That's what he, listen, if he can lift me up, he can lift anybody up. And that's why, and then here's other ways he does it. That's why he sends uh, sweet brothers and sisters to come and help us away. And think about this in Mark 15, 21, when Jesus was struggling terribly trying to carry his cross. In the midst of that, God gives us a beautiful picture of what it's like because carrying a cross is not easy. Carrying a cross is, is very difficult, especially Jesus who no one could do. But look what he does. A certain man from Cyrene in Mark 15, 21 Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, that's a cool name, Rufus. I want to call my kid Rufus and call him Roof. The Roof is on. Never mind. Uh, passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry his cross. Sometimes God sends us brothers and sisters. That's why the Bible says carry one another's burdens. Not fix one another. Mm -hmm. mm, that was good. That was free. Free. We don't fix. We don't fix. We can't fix our sins. We can't fix iniquities. Only Jesus. We just carry. In other words, I come alongside and say, look, you look a little worn down. I'm a little worn down, but I'm going to tell you what. The love inside me is greater than the weariness inside me. And let me just give you a little bit of that love to you so maybe that little love can lift you up. You, you see, that's the idea of the cross and what resurrection can stand again. And so God gives us courage. I'm going to have to extend it over here on this side. Sorry. Just kind of make some designs. So God gives us courage because of the resurrection, which means what, saints? What is resurrection? What does Anastasius mean? What? Uh, that's okay, three people. What do we got? It means what? It means what? Stand again. Because of the resurrection, because of the direction, we can have courage into the place where God calls us to serve. Okay, you can call it faith, but that's what I'm talking about. It calls us in the place to serve because God is going to call his believers into places that are broken. We've got to stop looking for God to be the genie in the bottle to fix it and start looking to God and say, God, you be the genie in the bottle to send me where I need to go so you can fix them. Because God's going to call us to places of brokenness because people need him. They don't need us. 
but we can have courage wherever that place we are right now. If it's high or low, right or left, we can have faith wherever he's called us to serve. You say, John, I don't know where he's called me to serve. Yeah, it is. I, I, I got an answer for everybody right now in the name of Jesus. He's called you to serve right where you are. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay. So, you see, shepherding can be tough. Look at Matthew chapter 27. Let's go back to ch- Matthew chapter 27, 27 through 31. Let's keep going in that passage. Matthew 27 through 31. Shepherding can be tough. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the headquarters and gathered the whole company around him. They stripped him and dressed him in a scarlet military robe. They twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and placed a reed in his right hand, and they knelt down before him and mocked him. Hell, king of the Jews. Then they spit on him, took the reed and kept hitting him on the head when they had mocked him they stripped him of the robe put his clothes on him and led him away to crucify him going to a place and serving the lord will not be easy but guess what the good news is is that god will be with you jesus another name for him as the angel told joseph you will call him emmanuel which means God with us. In Matthew chapter 1, quoting Isaiah. Am I ready? I love what Nancy said. She said, am I ready to follow Jesus and his kingdom? Am I willing to yield up what my ideas think about the kingdom looks look like? Should I accept uh, his cross in the midst of mockery and, and with no, no problems of complaint? Will I fall into self-pity? And say, God, why do I got to do it? But you see, if I believe God can make anything and anyone stand again, if I believe in the Anastasius, if I believe in that Greek word, if I believe in Anastasius, then guess what? God can do what nobody else can do, and I trust him to do it because there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. And then I want to say this. That because of the Anastasius, because of the resurrection, I can have courage over humiliation. Everybody in this room, let me tell you something. Sometimes following Jesus makes us an outcast. Where are they in the high schools? Well, John, I don't want to look like them weirdos. Well, I want to tell you, here's breaking news. You ready? There's a group that still think you're a weirdo. Right? Come on, older people. There's somebody talking about you. Why not give them something to talk about? That's what my mom always said. So I just try to be loud and proud. They go, people are going to talk. Let's just go, let's give them something. See, humiliation, because think about it is, we often live in humiliation. People live often in humiliation, um, because they don't want humiliation because they're trying to avoid shame. But when you realize that shame doesn't define you, then you don't care if you're humiliated. Uh, let me put it this way. There's a lot of great business people in this room, and I just want to say something. When you're not afraid to take a financial risk, sometimes there's great reward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Am I telling the truth? Yeah. Sometimes you're like, well, no, I took a risk, John, and I'm broke. Okay, next try. That's called forgiveness after seven years. But what my point is, my point is, is that people, people, when, it, when, when we're living already in shame, we don't ever want to be humiliated. Look what Genesis 2.25 says. Adam and his wife were both naked. 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 That's for y'all. Naked. Parents are going, stop saying that. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Here's what's cool. That's in Genesis 2. That was when they were in the Garden of Eden walking with the Lord. When I walk with the Lord, I don't feel any shame. But if you don't walk with the Lord, all you do is feel shame. My hair doesn't look right. My face don't look right. My clothes don't look right. 
I don't come from the right family. I don't got the right money. I don't got the right car. I'm just speaking high school language right now. I, you know, I don't got this person that's dating me. I don't got this person liking me. Maybe not this. I'm not successful as this person or that person. And we walk around feeling ashamed. Adults, sometimes it's like this. Well, I didn't care for my kids like I need to. Or I didn't get to. I should have listened when I was younger and done this. Or maybe I'm, I sit behind this. Or maybe I feel too old to do this. Or maybe I feel too long to do this. Listen, when, when, when God is in a place with us, we feel no shame because when he has forgiven us of anything and everything, there's nothing to be humiliated about. Hebrews, watch this. I'll show you, I'll prove you this isn't just an Old Testament picture of a New Testament point. I'll go from the Old Testament picture where they walked with God and had no shame and give you the point in the New Testament. Hebrews, I'll go popular passage. Here's a popular passage. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Okay, check this out up on the screen. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, I love this, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which, uh, I love this, which so easily entangles us, and look what it says, and let us run with what, saints? The race that is set before us. So there's a race set before us. Now watch this. Fixing our eyes on who? Yeah, so we fix our eyes on Jesus. Watch what the passage says. This is what makes it so powerful who for the joy set before him endured the despising its when God calls us to be humble sometimes it's a place of humiliation but Jesus despised the shame of the cross so we would not have any shame and listen, if you're flowing today and you're flowing and you feel like there's some shame in your life, I want to tell you something. That's because Jesus isn't in that place. If there's shame, that's because, listen, when Jesus comes in, there's no shame. Are you saying, John, that you're sinless? I'm saying yes because of the blood of Jesus. Now, are you telling me, are you saying, are you asking me, do I sin? The answer is yes. John, how can you be sinless but also sin? I've got another answer for that. His name is Jesus. You see, when God looks at me, he sees sin less because he sees the blood of Christ. When I look at me, I see sin full. But when I take my eyes off of me and I put my eyes on Jesus, then there's hope that whatever I've done, Jesus is greater. Stand again. Stand again. That's the resurrection. All across the world, people are doing all kinds of dramas, and, those are, and they're great. It's all kinds of stuff is great. But at the end of the day, it's not about a person putting on a play. It's about the one who died and rose again. Acts 8.33 says, In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Talking about Jesus. And then the last one. And I'll end with this and. Robbie, I know there's no room, but could you come play over me prophetically? And again, I know there's not a lot of room, and these crosses aren't as sturdy as I want. Hey, be still, know that there's a God. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a bad pastor. So here's the last one. You ready? We have courage we can stand again Anastasius I love that Greek word Jesus said I am the resurrection and the life I am the Anastasius and the life we can stand again because we have a God who cares we can stand again because we have a God who cares. Uh, you know, Robbie, this is an off-overlooking pas over overlook passage. John chapter 19, let's turn there, and we're going to land the plane. Whoop, there it is. Sorry, that was for people under a certain age. Just kidding. John 19. Maybe you've heard this preached out of, maybe you haven't. John 19, 20 through 27. Excuse me, 25 through 27. John 19, 25 through 27. Standing by the cross of Jesus was his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene, 
Now check this out. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved, that is John the Beloved, the disciple John, the youngest disciple, by the way, most likely a young teenager who wrote some pretty cool stuff in Scripture called like John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Revelation, pretty cool. Check this out. He said to his mother, now let's get our bearings straight. Where was Jesus in this passage when he's talking? I, I didn't hear you. Yeah, it's not trick. Yeah, good. He's on the cross. Think about this. Look what he says. Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. In Jesus' dying moments, he was caring for the ones who couldn't care for themselves. Y'all hear, hear me? In his dying moments, Jesus was caring for the one who couldn't care for herself. In his dying moments, Jesus was, is caring for us. Because we can't care for ourselves. Because left up to ourselves, y'all know where we're headed. We're headed right into destruction. We're headed right to sin. And the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, I love it, I love it, I love it. But the free gift of God, because the wages of sin is going to lead to death. But there's a gift that comes. There's a redemption act that's going to come. But there's a, a person who's going to come named Jesus who's going to take all my sins, past, present, future, put it on him. It's going to crush him. All the sins of everybody on him on the cross. And because he loves us, for God so loved the world, he's going to be crushed for us so that I might live though he dies. Yet though he dies, he will live. He's caring for us. And there's, there's an old song. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Old song. What they're saying is, nobody can love me like Jesus. And in this room, many of you have tried many things. Careers to love you, fame to love you, friends to love you, your athletic ability to love you, family to love you that they've rejected you, people at school. In his dying moments, he was thinking of us, not him. We can stand again. There is power in the name of Jesus. And so if you're in this room today, and let's just be real. Come on, everybody wants to be real. Let's don't hide behind a computer screen and throw out some social media reel. Let's just be real today. Since Robbie said it, we don't ask for the presence, we release the presence of the Spirit. So let's be real. Jesus cares for us. And he cares for you. And at this moment, there's some of you in this room, if you were to drop dead today, and I've seen that happen on this campus, if you were to drop dead today, you and I both know you have no peace when it comes to standing in front of God Almighty. Because your sins is before you. Not Jesus' faithfulness, not Christ in you, the hope of glory, not His mercy, not freedom from our sins because of His great love. That none of this is before you. What's in front of you is your sin. And I just want to be real honest today. Listen, if you know today, right now, that you're standing in front of God Almighty and you know beyond a shadow of you know, you know your heart's eating you up right now and you're getting real nervous. And you know that if you're not right, I'm going to ask you to do something. You say, John, I get nervous. I get scared. I'm embarrassed. I get all these things. Let me say, Jesus made it very clear. This is very clear. You deny me before men? Go ahead and deny me at school before men. He said, I'll deny you from the Father. We said. He said, John, that sounds like a condition. It is. It's called conditional. He also said, if 
you don't forgive others, your Heavenly Father can't forgive you. I know that takes time. But today, I want to tell you something. If you're in this room, and you know you're not right with the Lord, I'm going to ask us in just a minute. I'm not going to trick you. I'm going to be straight up. I'm just going to ask you in a minute. We're going, we're going to bow our heads. We're just going to pray. I'm going to ask you, if you today know in your heart that Jesus has got to save you, and right now, you're believing that Jesus is going to save you. You believe in Jesus. You want him to save you. You don't even know how to articulate it, but you want it. I just want to give you a good news. Right now, he is saving you. It's not a prayer that saves you. It's a king who saves you. Mm-hmm. It's the one who died on the cross and God rose from the dead on the third day. It's the one that you don't even understand fully what you're doing right now, but you're saying, I'd rather have more of you and less of me. I believe in you more than I believe in me. And God, i got to be right because I need Jesus here right now. And if that's you today, all I'm going to do is ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. Nothing. I'm going to ask you to stand. So let's bow. Father, in the name of Jesus. there's someone in this room who right now you're saving. They know that they've sinned against the holy God and they know they can't make it right. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt in their hearts they can't make it right. Right now, Lord, they are only Jesus Christ can save them and they don't even know what to pray. They don't know. They just know they want you to save them. That's all. They, you're working. You're raising their dead spirit. Lord, if there's someone in this room, and I know there is right now that you're going to save on the count of three, I want to ask them to stand up. On the count of three, give them the courage by the Holy Spirit of God who crushed Satan. I ask right now in the name of Jesus that they would stand up on three. One, two, three. Stand up. For those that are praying, how about just give God a big praise? Now I want you to look at me, for those who are standing. I'm going to tell you, I'm so proud of you. Listen, I remember when I gave my life to Christ, I was scared out of my mind. But I'm going to tell you something. The more I followed him, the more I had peace of mind. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to tell you, it's the greatest decision you've ever made. But actually, you didn't make it. God called you. And the more you learn about the Bible, you're going to learn that he chose you before the foundation of the world, but God's got a plan for you, and he's going to move mightily in your life. And so I want you to pray with me as an act out of the mouth what you've already done in the heart. I just want you to pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for saving me. I believe, I believe that Jesus stood again And not only did he stand again, he is standing again. Always for me. And so this very moment, as I stand, I stand with you and say, I give my life to you. I don't know what it looks like, but I ask that you make it clear. I turn from where I'm going in my life and I just want to follow you. I now look to you in every area. Where are you, Jesus? Speak to me and I will follow. And I commit to be discipled. I commit to follow you. I commit to give you glory and honor. And whatever else, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Satan can't say it's emotion in that. Oh God, you speak through anything. You saved me today. March 27, 2016, my life was changed. I ask this in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Ten people. Ten, ten people gave their life to Jesus. Ten people. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to do in worship, this is how we're going to land it. The highest thing we can do is, the highest thing we can do is honor Jesus. And that's why we have the Lord's Supper. It's summit. This is our act of worship. And after you take it, we're going to ask you to come down. This is how we do it. If you're visiting, your guests, we want you to be a part of it. Listen, we practice open communion. Open communion is this. You don't have to be a member of Summit to partake. But you do need to be born again.
And if you're in this room and you didn't pray to receive Christ and you're not born again and you're just checking it out, that's cool. Listen, we love you. We love you. We're not the ones who judge anybody. God's the judge. We're just here. Men worshiping, loving him and followers. Check out what happens. Check out. I want you to watch and see what people do. They're going to come and they're going to get the bread and cup and they're going to get in groups. And the reason why we do it this way was because at Summit we hadn't had a whole lot of money early on so we couldn't even afford the trays. People had to like buy the trays and we didn't have enough people to pass it out. So we just asked people to come get it. And so when you come get it, you're going to get off in the corner and you're just going to say, Lord, there's a group. Break out 1 Corinthians chapter 11 which is so precious, which explains the Lord's Supper. And you're going to get in a group and somebody's going to woman up. Mm-hmm. I said, woman? Wow, man. You'll get it one day. All right. Or man up. You're going to read the scripture. And you're going to say, now, in giving the following instructions, he's going to give us what to do. In verse 27, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on you on the night when he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks. The word, remember, Eucharisteo, which is where we get the word Eucharist. It just means giving thanks in Greek, nothing fancy. Broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We eat the bread because Jesus' body, Jesus' body took our place. It was his death that should have been mine. But because he died, now I can live. So when I die, I do live. But it's not just, I'm not here just waiting to die. No, he's alive in me, bringing death back to life all the time. Dead relationships, dead finances, dead careers, dead matter, dead situations, dead hope, dead faith, dead mercy. He brings it all to life because of his great, great love. In the same way, after supper, he also took the cup and said this, Cup is the new covenant established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now, that's what he says. This is how why we do it. Somebody's going to read it. We're going to pray. Then we're going to go back and we're going to sing. Robbie's going to bring the funk. That's old school people. You know, Robbie, I'm going to tell y'all. I know y'all going over something. I got a band name for you. Robbie Weatherford and the Funkalicious. It's catchy. But when we take the Lord's Supper, where's Brittany? Brittany, where's Brittany? Brittany, 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 Brittany. There you are, Brittany. So Brittany came and talked to me earlier. She reminded me. She said, John, remember, we can partake it the wrong way. What that is, is for believers in this room. And now, hey, you new believers, hey, you ain't got nothing to worry about anyway. You're like, woohoo, yeah, let's go. Fuck on. It's a celebration, and it should be. But for believers, it's a chance for us to be right with the Lord. So if I have sinned against Sarah Beth, if I have sinned against her, let's say I said, Sarah Beth, I don't like your sweater. She got mad at me. And I, and I was like, all I said was I didn't like the sweater, and she's mad at me. If I said to her, I said, if I knew she was mad at me because she's my sister in Christ, I should go to her and say, hey, listen, I just want to ask for your forgiveness. It might be something against, it's my fault. I take all the responsibility. It's my, you know, really it's my wife's fault, but it's not really my fault, but I'm just saying, you know, I take responsibility. And, you know, I just love on her. I say, please forgive me. Man, God will make all that right. That, that's what, that's what this, this is accountability. It's accountability to be right with God and right with man. Vertical, right with God. Horizontal, right with man. Because it's the body of Christ. So we have a chance to take it. So we take some time, we examine, check it out. Verse 27, 1 Corinthians 11. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup in an unworthy manner, what's an unworthy manner? There's unrecognized sin in my life. Right, Brittany? Unrecognized sin. We'll be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself in this way. He should, he should eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. Now, in other words, what that means is when we bring judgment, we bring discipline on ourselves. God's like, look, I don't take this stuff lightly. This is joyous. This is a celebration. This is a love thing. Yeah, let's do it. But there's a way to do it. He says, and don't drink this type of judgment on yourself. And look what he says. This is why many are sick and ill among you and many have fallen asleep. I mean, there's repercussions. We take it the wrong way. That's why I have a friend that 
he would go to the hospital. He would look at the people they pastor. He said, hey, did you take the Lord something the wrong way? Like, just want to make sure that, you know, there's, I mean, I'm not saying every sickness is a sin. Don't take that. Don't take that. That's not what I'm saying. But there can be here in this passage. It's clear. So we just kind of look at this and we say, God, let's be right. Let's be right. And if that person's far off and you can't even get in touch with them, God's got it. Just release them in your heart. Forgive them. Even though you did nothing wrong, it's going to be okay. Jesus will make it all right. And if you need any prayer or anything, there'll be some leaders off to the side to pray with you. So let's just take this time and examine ourselves. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come and we want to examine ourselves. We don't want to take the Lord's Supper in the wrong way. But we want to take it with a joyful heart. Especially, you just saved 10 people. You could, you could have done nothing and you've already done enough but yet you still just keep doing and magnifying yourself and you use so many people in this room for those people to come to know you and so Lord now you're calling those people to be discipled you're calling those people to come and tell us that's why I'm going to see how, how real it is Lord you're asking them to come and grab the leaders in this room grab somebody they know that goes to some, and they don't know somebody just come grab one of us up here on the stage and say I, I got to be discipled I gave my life to Christ let's see Lord how real it is so Lord we come to partake and to partake we want to be right so if there's any sin in my heart in our hearts we ask for forgiveness there's someone we need to make it right with, even though we feel like we've done nothing wrong, but we know that our brother or sister has something against us. Then we lay our gift at the altar and we go and make it right. Lord, I pray that students would get together, families would get together, CrossFit would get together. People that don't even know one another get together. <laughs> I pray that this would bring unity to your body so that people would see that we're one, so that would prove Jesus and God is one. We ask for forgiveness of our sins. Anything we said, done, shouldn't have done should have done and didn't do, did do, shouldn't have done, whatever, Lord. May you make it right. We offer this as worship. And this is our prayer. And if there's anyone in here, we have a table in the back as well. If you need to, if it's closer for you or physically better for you to go back there, go in the back. There's a table set up. You can get it there. Let's come and partake of the Lord's Supper when you come.